Father, we thank you. Oh, give him praise. Has he done great things? The Bible says he's done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. Hallelujah. He's done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. Father, we give you praise. We are internally indebted to praising you for your goodness and your mercy. For being so good to us. Being so kind to us. For being the father that you are. Lord, we honor you. Thank you for this week. Our hearts are open. Lord, speak to us. Instruct us, teach us, change us. We are willing. From glory to glory, faith to faith, victory to victory. And Lord, this morning, breathe upon your word as I speak it again. And I ask, O oh God, that you will do your plans and your purpose here today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Please be seated. Thank you. Hallelujah. I want to thank my father, my pastor. Thank you, sir. Amen for this great honor. We can do better than that. Hallelujah. Yeah. Let me just stand up and honor him. Praise God. You know, just um, all these years, I'm always encouraged, inspired. Amen. Uh, for imparting, for teaching. And uh, much more for the consistency of the things you fed us with. Hallelujah. Peter said, that is my responsibility while I'm in this tent. To stir you again unto remembrance of the things that you have both learned and you know. So it's not always to say things you don't know. The things you know, there's a responsibility to be said for it to be said again and again and that was the instruction that Jesus gave to Peter and I love what Peter did he carried it out to the letter Jesus said do you love me he said feed my sheep and he said to him again do you love me Peter I said feed my sheep feed my lamb and he asked him a third time do you love me he was agitated angry you know that I love you he said then feed my sheep what he was saying is, say it to them. Put a structure and say it. And after you've said it through a structure, say it again. And the things that Peter taught in his old age, he was teaching those same things. Thank you for teaching, sir. Thank you for blessing us. <laughs> Pastor Nugwa, good to see you as always. Amen. Can we celebrate Pastor Nugwa? Thank you, ma'am. We've missed you. Amen. So good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Uh, please be seated, everybody. Uh, Pastor Mosi, that, that was classic. You know, I was so blessed inside out. I asked myself, am I the only one hearing him? You know, because some people were sleeping. <laughs> I said, wow, God has helped some people. You don't have any problem in this world, amen. <laughs> How can that kind of 
message be taught and you are sleeping. Ah, all right. Praise the Lord. But thank you, sir. I was, I was so blessed. I was so blessed. So, so blessed. Hallelujah. Oh, God, will be good to see you, sir. Amen. Thank you for, for what you do. And all the ministers in this place, our host, Pastor Joe, thank you. Pastor Dupe, thank you, ma'am. Amen. All right. Um, you know, when we come for camp meeting like this, um, we have many ministers who come. Uh, and I believe that every minister is coming to speak what God has asked them to say and to lend a voice. Well, it's not a preaching competition, amen. It's a time to speak what God has asked you to say. So, uh, I began praying a couple of weeks ago. Okay, I'm going for camp meeting this year. The Bible says if anyone speaks First Peter 4, he should speak as what? As an oracle of God. Uh, not as an interpreter for God. You have to speak as an oracle for God. And uh, the certain things God put in my heart. And I was so glad because uh, towards the end of uh, Pastor Moses' session this morning, you know, he was saying those things, maybe in a particular way, that um, I would just pick up from. Are we together? Um, Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. In my sessions, I'm just going to trust God to just do exactly what he wants me to do. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Thank you. Now, so scripture... I want to believe we know. Okay, maybe from verse 8. To me, let's read from verse 8. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given. That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all to see. What is the fellowship of the mystery? From which from the beginning of ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church not to the church might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places The wisdom of God is manifold. There are many sidedness to it. One translation calls it the multifaceted wisdom of God. And um, you will be somewhat right, but not totally right, if you are looking at the wisdom of God from just one perspective. Are we together? Uh, if the Bible says the wisdom of God is multifaceted, that means there are dimensions of it that you can only see from the point where you stand. So a lot of times, the argument that people tend to have as Christians is a question of positioning and perspective. 
Because what you are passionately arguing about is just because of where you are and what you can see. It doesn't necessarily make the other person wrong. Um, I was listening to a minister of the gospel. I said, if they put a cow and you're standing in front of the cow, you will speak perfectly of a cow as a head. If you are standing at the back, you will speak of a cow and say, look, what is the most important thing about a cow is the tail. And if you're standing by the side, you say the most important part of a cow is the stomach. Are you with me? Every person is right, but every person is speaking of this same cow from different what? Perspective. That is why it is not out of place for you to hear what the other person is also saying and probably move into that person's position so that you can have a different perspective of the same thing that you're talking about. So, Apostle Paul said, look, grace has been given to me to speak the wisdom of God. There is something that we have received and I need you guys to see it. I need you people to understand it. But my own is to go to the Gentiles and reveal it to the Gentiles. The mystery, this thing, you know, like every Moses was telling us, that when somebody receives Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus has come into him, God says, I should go to the Gentiles and help them see what it means. Hallelujah. Help them see what it means. Because there's a dimension from which it is preached and proclaimed. But there's a dimension God wants me to bring out to who? To the Gentiles. And he said the intent, God's intent, is that this many-sidedness of God's wisdom, are you with me? The, you know, the shades of God's wisdom, through the church, as we come to a place of understanding, we can show the principalities that be. God's plans and purposes. Meaning that existing principles and authorities will not see God without the manifestation of wisdom as demonstrated through the church. Did somebody get what I'm saying? That means without the church, there are certain things about God and the wisdom of God that some people will not know. So, we need to walk in the various shades of wisdom so that the world can see that oh so God is like this so there's this aspect of God there's this part of God you know I was thinking this morning <laughs> we're all children of God how many of you also I think <laughs> if you're born again you're a child of God but you need to understand that um, your relationship with God is actually dictated at your pace. It's dictated at your pace. In John chapter 15, Jesus, you know, had been walking with his disciples probably for three years or three and a half years or four years or maybe longer. Then in John 15 verse 15, he now begins to put a twist to their relationship. In verse 15, he says, from today henceforth, I no longer call you what? I no longer call you servants. I call you what? Friends. He said, and the reason is simple. He said, because servants do not know the things that pertain to their master. I did a series once in church and I said, look, you don't have to disclose everything to everybody. 
There is a mandate on your life to love everybody, not to have a relationship with everybody. Are you with me? So, part of the problems we have in our work, our disappointments in church, is when we struggle to categorize relationships. And then you make a friend, a servant, and make a servant a friend. I was telling them in church yesterday, I said, by looking at somebody's life, you can tell the relationships that are missing. You know that guy that was at the pool for 38 years? Jesus asked him a question. What was the question? <laughs> Do you want to be made whole? That's how the story started. Do you want to be made whole? He said, yes or no answer. What did he say? I have no man. But guess what? There was a man standing in front of him. That means that man had a problem with recognizing what people... How can you for 38 years be by a well? 38 years. And you don't have one man. You have no one. And like one of my friends said, can't you even get an enemy to put you inside the pool? (laughs) So that if the angel comes... He will stare both of you. <laughs> stare you and the water together. At least even if he's not your friend, let him just drop you inside the pool. But you see, by virtue of what that guy was suffering, you could tell the relationships that were missing in his life. Relationships are important. No, listen to me. Relationships are very, very what? Important. And sometimes the relationship you need are not uh, at a particular season of your life. Are you with me? Might not even be the relationships that are around you. Because you can have many people around you, but they are not designed for that season. See Joseph. He needed a butler who could talk on his behalf. Some of you need people who can drum a ball on your behalf. If they have forgotten you, don't be offended because there is a time for them to remember you. If Joseph was remembered earlier than then, probably they would have even freed him. He would have gone back home. Two things will have even happened. They possibly have freed him and they could possibly have killed him. He said, you mean the guy, I heard, you know, imagine Pharaoh saying, I heard that story. That slave that slept with uh, he's still alive? (laughs) Kill him. (laughs) So it could go either way, but there's a time for it. And then he was before Pharaoh. We don't know the name of the butler, but without the butler, he will not come before Pharaoh. Everybody must not have a name to have a place in your life. Are you with me? So certain people, certain people, hallelujah, they are there to just, you know that office cleaner, that office in the minister's office that you did something with, he can, say, he can, he can push your file. <laughs> he can put your file. All this prayer I've been praying and fasting for three weeks, the guy will just bring your file is the answered prayer. Just because of the way you spoke to him or the 1,000 error you gave him while you were working out, and say, look, for the day, it can make difference. So it's important. So Jesus said, I call you people what? Friends. I call you what? My friend. Because I can bring you into my inner court and tell you things. And you see, if you read that scripture very well in John 15, what did he say? He said, I, I call you friends because all that the Father has revealed to me, I have made known to you. Meaning that it's not everybody you tell everything. 
So friendship brings you to a place where top secrets are revealed to you. Is somebody with me? But you see, it didn't end there. In John chapter 20, few days after this whole conversation that Jesus had with them, he dies, he resurrects, and then Mary is coming to finish the work she was doing the day before. And the Bible tells us in John 20 that the dynamics of their relationship changed again. Remember from, from servants, he brought them to what? To friends. Then from friends, he now said, go to my father, go to my father, go to my brothers and tell them that I'm ascending, I think that's in verse 17 of John 20, I'm ascending to my father and their father. So he moves them from just friends to family. Now, this is the reality of the disciples. Now, that they move from servants to, to friends and from friends to family does not negate the previous relationship that they had. You don't say, now that I am family, I will not serve. You don't say, I'm, I'm, you know, we're family now, so you know how some of you start squatting in a house. After squatting, they now upgrade you. Have you ever squatted? Okay, God, thank, thank God for those of you who have never squatted. Some of us have. And we know what it means to be upgraded <laughs> from a particular position to a new status. You know, maybe when you came, there was a room nobody was in, nobody, they didn't, you didn't have to do anything. But they just saw that, uh-uh, this guy is such a nice, hardworking young man. He's getting involved in the house. You know, the patriarch of the house comes and says, uh, why are you pushing any rooms? Give him that, give him that free room. Then you go and stay there. As you wake up the following day, you know, you say, mm. They say, who's going to get water today? He said, we don't know. <laughs> we are all, <laughs> we have all arrived. <laughs> ah, you'll be shocked how they will deport you. Are you getting me? So, you see, that you have become a friend does not stop you serving. And that you have become family does not negate friendship. So, despite these various levels of relationship that Jesus establishes with the disciples, are you hearing me? He tries to get them to understand that, look, you choose where you want to function from. So listen, in your work with God, you must know when he's your friend. And you must know when he's your master. Because we forget that even in the body of Christ. That's why somebody will say that I'm absolutely, I'm flawless, I'm righteous. God said, go and remove your money. God said, go and remove your money. And you are praying. Who are you praying to, by the way? Who are you talking to? So there's a lot of immaturity because we can't discern what? Relationships with God. And one of the things I notice is lots of Christians have received status but they've thrown away fellowship. You will be shocked, sir. How many people are here that have not prayed in the last one week? Personally. In fact, all these things you are saying about prophesying is alien prophesy to what? For what? Because even when they come to church and they are praying, they are sleeping. Or they are not there, but they have the tag. I'm saved. And it doesn't change anything. You are the son of God. 
It doesn't change anything. You know what the Bible says in Psalm 25 verse 14? That the secret of the Lord is with those who reverence him. That means secrets are not thrown to everybody. There are certain things that without relationship you will not know. There are certain things you will not know. What Reverend Moses was teaching about prophesying. Are you getting me? I'm praying and coming to that place where you begin to commune and deep begins to call to deep. If you don't get into that place, there are certain truths you will never stumble upon. And listen to me. The issue is not knowledge, Joe. There is so much knowledge. There is so much information. Very little revelation. Light is not the same thing as information. You can be very informed and have no light. Uh, the psalmist said, we, you are the fountain of life. In your light, we have found what? We have found light. I mean, there's something about beholding God that helps you to see how things work. Light is when understanding has come. Light is when understanding has come. Reverend Moses here is an IT person. He can give you an IT textbook. You will read it because it's written in English. You can read it. You can have knowledge. It doesn't mean you have light. If they give you anything, you will spoil it. Knowledge does not equal what? Light. But for light to come to you, you have to stay with him and see what he knows. So that through the process of transmutation, certain things that he knows will be what? Will be transferred into your mind so that you can understand how all these things work. That is why when light begins to come to people, you hear them say, I see. Okay. The word of God must go beyond letters to images. I've seen people quote scriptures and die. I've seen people quote scriptures and they are poor. I was counseling a guy once. At the end of the session, my wife said, how did he go? I said, I was counseled. Before I quote any scripture, I say, Yeah, 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 sir, I get what you're saying. You know, before I say this one, you say, Okay, um, so in fact, he started talking to me. Do you know he was he was sharing Rema with me in his needs? You know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of knowledge, there are lots of knowledge seekers. <laughs> Maybe when someone is even preaching, instead of humbling yourself to hear the word of God, what, what is this one saying? Give me that mic, let me do something here give you mic to do what? Knowledge is not light. Information is not even light. In fact, someone said that there was a time when knowledge was scarce. He said, but with the internet age, knowledge is everywhere. Right now, is important information that is scarce. You know, in the midst of all this proliferation of knowledge, everywhere that you see, you can open this, there are still some things about how the world works that is exclusive only to a few where you can even be interacting with something and you don't even know what that thing can do except somebody brings you into the fold. So friendship with God, are you with me? Very few people are called friends of God. Very few people are called friends of God in the Old Testament. So for Jesus to look at 12 people and call them what? Friends We are truly in grace. Hallelujah. Abraham was called a what? A friend of God. And from Abraham's life, David was called a man after what? God's own heart. So it just dawned on me that friendship is not perfection. 
friendship is relationship. Because these men do not even have the highest moral ethical standards. David. I told somebody that if you follow David's life today and we put him on a poster and bring him and we say he's coming to minister next Sunday in church, many of you will not come. Because you will never forget Bathsheba. You will never forget Uriah. But how many of you know there was something about his heart that he yearned for God? When he was running from his son, Absalom. Amen. When he was running from his son, Absalom, he didn't even find a place to worship. He lifted up his hands. He said, let the lifting of my hands be like what? The evening sacrifice. He set his face towards the temple. This was a man that just believed that he could not do anything without who? Without God. Oh, and David was a man of grace. He was a man who truly was rubbing minds with God. Didn't you see what he said at the dedication of the temple? He said, who am I that you are considering me that you asked me to come and lead this great nation? One of the ways you know when people are constantly in sync with God is that they are gracious with grace. A lot of people have the knowledge of the message of grace, but they, they've not contacted the spirit of it. That's why, we, that's why we preach grace lawfully. <laughs> One young boy. One of my pastors called me about his friend, a young boy. He wrote on, on, he went and wrote on Facebook. He's on scholarship. There's a man that is paying his fee. The man picked him. The man is in the U.S. paying his fee. I'm sure they're all watching me now. And um, he wrote something. You know, you know how you hear something in church? You just pick it and go and put it on social media. So he wrote something about sin, that sin is no longer the problem. Uh, he says sin is no longer the problem. The problem is a sinner problem. That sin, God doesn't have a problem with sin. I think something like that. So he sponsored in US saw it. And said, and the guy is a pastor too. And said sin is a problem. I called him, I argued with him, and told him to, to delete it. That he should delete that thing that he wrote on Facebook. If not, that admission to the university, he's not going to pay. It's a true story. He says he's not going to pay. He didn't hide it. He said, I'm not going to pay. And the guy has the admission. He's just waiting for the alert so that he can go and start registration. As also called off strike. This thing happened recently. So he, he was crying. So he deleted it. He deleted the post. The man said, no, you shouldn't just delete the post. You should go online and say that sin is a problem. So the guy started crying. He was in a tight place. So he called me. So when they called me, they said, Pastor, what should I do? I said, go and write, sin is a problem. Collect your money and do your school. When you graduate, are you getting me? You can write, sin is not what? A problem. You need that money right now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I think the man wants to see that sin is a problem. Write it for him. Sin, in fact, is a serious problem. It's a, ser- it's a serious problem. Collect your money. Are you getting me? Go to school. After that, you can come and write this one. You are still in school. I said, look, when you hear a message, you must dissect your environment. Dissect the people you are talking to. You must know your environment and be gracious with how you give the message. (laughs) 
they invite you to Equa. There is a way you can lay your message. Are you getting me? Line upon line. Because you are not there to scatter them. You are there to help them grow into the knowledge of what you have seen. You need to realize where you used to be before the Lord picked you from there to come to where you are. Now that you are here, you must be gracious with those people. Because some people are honestly believing what is not right. But don't make a mistake. This is what they've stayed with for years. So be patient with them and allow them to what? grow into it. And that's why you need to know the heart. It's, 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 see, God is patient with you. You know, sometimes when we are arguing things, God is even looking at us. I say, that's not all to it. That's all that you guys know. I was telling them in church, they were laughing. My son, Justin, recently he got these containers, got some containers, poured water into them, put them in the deep freezer. They blocked. So he brought them out. He took the shape of the container. Not normal ice cubes. I don't know what he wanted to do. So he was chiseling the thing into I don't know what he wanted to do. So when I saw him doing it, he said, Daddy, see what I made. I said, wow, lovely. He said, Daddy, do you know when you pour water inside this thing and put it inside the deep freezer, this is how it comes out. I said, wow. Rema, are you getting me? <laughs> Then he now went forward to tell me that it is the same water here that is this ISO. I shouldn't make a mistake and think it's something else. I said, you are too smart. That's how a lot of your prayer is before God. When you are talking, you are sharing Rema with God. Are you getting me? That's how I love you. That's how you share Rema with God. Yeah? You know, when you are even sharing some things from God, God said this word that me, I wrote, you are the one giving me this kind of word, Rema, is correct. That he's encouraging you does not mean he's foolish. Are you getting what I'm saying? You must have a relationship with God. So as, as, as much as we are saying all of God is in you, are you getting me? There are things to teach you. There are things to sit at the master's feet and do what? And learn. That lessons from Justin. Uh, last week he made us laugh. He, he pulled one cupboard and he saw something. He said, Daddy, guess what? I found something that I misplaced when I was young. <laughs> he found something he misplaced when he was young. <laughs> Justin is saying when he was young. Let me st- talk to you. Because you talk mature doesn't mean you are mature. So maturity is not a function of the new knowledge you have acquired. No, no, no. Maturity is not a function of the new knowledge you have acquired. Maturity is a function of the things you have been able to let go. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I acted like a child. Now that I am what? A man. I have given up childish ways. So in your walk with God, are you getting me? It's not a function of the new knowledge that you have acquired. It's the things you are letting go as you reach higher. That's why in your Christian walk with God, there are things that are so much of a priority to you today. Tomorrow, are you with me? It will be nothing to you. I, I, there was a time. Why won't I dedicate my car? Car? But when most was talking there, I just started laughing. I said, "Wait, why do we even dedicate? Why are we even dedicating car?"
So all this dedicating can when God even sees you, like you dedicate. Very soon you dedicate shoe, you dedicate house, dedicate. Because we copy. So that you are receiving, it's not just knowledge. Paul was praying for the church in Ephesus. Follow me. His prayer was very, you need to read the Pauline prayers and you understand his heart for the church. In Ephesians 1.15, he says, ever since I heard of your faith and your love for the brethren, I cease. That means he was making this prayer always. Some of us are always looking for new prayer points. It is not what we prayed last week. Why are we still praying it now? Paul said, I pray this ceaselessly. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant unto you the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being like, no give me moto, no give me house, no give me car there. There's, not, there's no give me car. How will God give you what is yours? No, give me visa. No, nothing in Pauline prayers. Go and read the prayers. Someone said that was in those days. Ken <laughs> <laughs> ah. Hagin said one of the most powerful prayers you can make are the Pauline prayers. This, the, he said that the eyes of your what understanding might be what enlightened. Let light come. Not just knowledge. Listen, the people he was writing to didn't have Bible. They didn't have a Bible. So it's not a question of words. No, no, no. In fact, the letter he wrote to the church in Ephesus, he said they should take it to another church and go and read it. I don't remember back in those days, if you have one Kenehegi message, you were God. Believers will be stealing in faith. Then we should they will stick in a heggy magazine. If you have it, it will walk around. You know, your 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 material could get missing in Zaria. You go and find it with somebody in Ogun with your name on it. Because it was scarce. But today there's availability of information. But Paul, that prayer is still relevant. That in the midst of all these things, let the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Let light come to you. Because you can't do anything without information if there is no light. That's why you can be full of knowledge, yet your life does not reflect the things you are saying. It's only understanding that can cause the things that you have knowledge of to be shown in your life. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 25. Say, I receive light. Oh, I love what Keith Moore said. He served Kenneth Hagin for years. He said, but there was always a struggle to have his needs met. He said, even when he was having his needs met, he knew that this is not the best he could have based on the things he was seeing in God's word. So he said, God, I know that your word is true. But my, my, my life, it doesn't look like, and I know that you are not lying. He said, take me to a man where I can see. Show me a man whom I can see. He said, as he was praying, God said, see Kenneth Copeland. 
He said before he met Kenneth Copeland, he was reading. He, of course, he's a great teacher of God's word. As a matter of fact, if Keith Moore is teaching the word of God and Kenneth Copeland is talking, by the time if Keith Moore is done teaching and pieces in some scriptures, by the time Kenneth Copeland comes, if you are not used to Kenneth Copeland, you'll be bored. He will start with those his English texts and jokes. <laughs> like, you know, before I'm like, why is the man laughing? You know, it took me a while to settle down and enjoy Kenneth Copeland, to be honest. Because, you know, I love Papa Hagen as he hits the road. He hits the road with scriptures. Are you getting me? Copeland will say, glory to God. <laughs> I was telling glory, I was just... <laughs> uh, two nights ago. All right, tell me your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 10. The anointing. I said, I got to read the thing first now. Are you getting me? Some of us are coming from traditional places. <laughs> but that's his style. In fact, to think that these days I listen to Kenneth Copeland almost every day. Just stay in your place. Somebody will hear you. But you know when Keith Moore comes, glory to God, this morning we'll be talking about certain things. The Lord has been pressing on my heart. <laughs> yes. Things on my heart. We're going to go right into the scripture. We're going to be so... As he was preaching powerfully like that, he didn't have plane. He saw it in the word. That prosperity was his. The ministry is growing. Are you getting me? You can quote scripture. He said, but when he met Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Copeland began, through the ministry of Kenneth Copeland, he began to gain perspective of this same thing that he's looking at. Light started to come. It is this light that makes the shift in the seasons of people's life. Even though you come to a place where if God doesn't help you, you start getting offended at the word. I know the offense from the word is a silent aggression. Silent offense. You know that one is worse than the physical rebellion. You know the people that just say, hey, I don't like it. Sometimes they are better. The ones that just sit down. You know, before when you are preaching, they will be shouting after a while. When you are preaching, I be like, just talk what... When you say, somebody give the Lord a big shout of praise. Amen. That one is hardness of heart. Before you, you know, that, may you never come there. When, when pastor is teaching, before he quotes the scripture, he have ended it. I know that uh, if this one comes, this one is going to talk about. That one, his own style is this. Uh, I know, you know that pastor, I'm sure he'll say something about money. All this blood money. If I begin to talk about other things, say, ah, he missed it today. Listen to me. Your heart, your heart has become what? Hardened. Because you didn't have light of the things you were hearing. It was Kitmo that said before he met Kenneth Copeland, he didn't that he had been reading scriptures, but to say he will own the wing of a plane looked far-fetched. But right now he's flying everywhere. One jet, there's another jet. It's not a struggle. When light comes, struggle ceases. So Proverbs 25 verse 2. Somebody blessed? Proverbs 25 2. 
Whether you are blessed or not, I'm already here. <laughs> so be blessed. Proverbs 25, verse 2. The Bible says, It is the glory of God to what? To conceal a matter. But the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Some people don't search out. How many kings do we have here? Yeah, we are kings. That's what the Bible says. Yeah, it's a place to shout. I'm a king. Oh, sir, you blessed me today. Kai, be God inside minded. John wrote a letter in 1 John, verse 5. He said, I write these things to you that you may know that you have what? Eternal life. You have it too. He said, but I'm writing it so that you will know. Let it sit in your consciousness. Christianity is not the things I used to do. I do them no more. Mm -mm. It is the pulsating life of God. It's in you, not as a figure of speech. It's a reality. When the Bible says you are a king, think like one. Okay, let me talk to the people this side. Even the Bible says you are a queen. (laughs) Think like one. You know the problem with church? The moment something is spiritual, they get offended. Then he has made us kings and priests. He's not in the spiritual. What of we are living physically here? That's why Ephesians 1 3 doesn't bless some people. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all what? Why all spiritual? Why spiritual now? I need to spend money. Why spiritual blessings? <laughs> it's because your mind has not come to a place where you understand that spiritual things are more real more tangible than physical things. I told them a story in church of one man. They said, they are MD. They have this staff. Anytime the MD sees the the man, you say, welcome. This is supposed to be like a janitor. When the boss sees him, he says, welcome. So somebody says, why is he always greeting that man like that? Somebody says, they know where they meet. He knows that all this boss that he is here, if that guy, you know, some of you don't know what I mean by where they meet. If they meet where they meet and he offs him, he's gone. Spiritual things are more tangible. You are angry with village people and they are in the village. Uh, My village people have come. How can somebody in the village with no technology doesn't have light. Be oppressing you in town with all this technology. That's to tell you that they have a higher word, superior understanding. <laughs> so you don't get what I'm saying. Say they're affecting my business. Spiritual. See, God goes to where it matters. That is where he has placed us. You mu- your mindset must come to that place where, see, it's not, where you're not bothered about what you're seeing on the physical as much as who you are in the realm of the spirit. He has raised us up the Bible says, to sit together with him in what? Heavenly places. Far above what? Principalities and powers. He has raised us. 
you get up in the morning, you are thinking you are raised. That is the mindset you function with. So the Bible says, the glory of a king is to search out what? Matter. That God has concealed. Hey. Can I tell you one basic truth? <laughs> the most important things in life that distinguish men are not common. All these South South people, I know many of you are here. You'll be doing agitation. They are suffering us, our money. And they are drilling our oil. They are not giving who? You say it's your oil. How now? Before they came and found oil, what were you people doing? Is it not fish you were catching? Could you see beyond fish? Someone said, but it's still our own. But he didn't know. But if somebody is going to go beyond fishing, he has to do what? He has to drill. He has to go under. God, are you with me? Hides things for us, not from us. I'm talking to you about the wisdom of God. That's why first kings, are you with me? Sorry, First Corinthians talks about the wisdom of God, which was ordained for our glory, hidden, hidden for our glory, not from our glory. That's what I say. Is and so I say, why did God hide it? So that you cannot do life without Him. You, it must be with Him that you will find it. Faith is not mechanical. Faith is not outside the relationship with God. If your faith is outside a relationship with God, it will dry very soon. You think you're ever going to amount to anything without a relationship with God? Go and read John 15. It says, without me, without you can do nothing. You can't do anything without me. So I wonder how somebody can say he can do without church. Or you can do without offerings. You can do without praying. You can do without studying the word. No, 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 no. Many years ago, you know, I was telling my wife the other day, I said, as a pastor, I discovered that before I used to measure spiritual maturity by spiritual activity. If somebody is active in church, you say the guy is growing. Maybe the guy joins church today as he comes to church. Are you getting me? The next thing he joins the choir, he's, in fact, he's singing. He's doing activity. In fact, if ushers don't come on time, he will join the ushers and walk. The person is everywhere. Activity. That is what we use to measure maturity. We say the guy is growing. Ah, until the guy does something one day that shocks everybody. He gains, he gains access to the token of the church account. <laughs> ah, the guy clears it. And he's still worshiping. You know, he will... He will he will clear it. It's the CCTV camera that will reveal to you people. When you are reviewing that, he was the one that stole the money. <laughs> then you say, wait, how can this brother, how can this sister, haven't we heard such things? How can this person go and do such a thing? It's because we're measuring his progress by his activities.
cut down activities. Did you hear me? Know God for yourself. Oh. <laughs> they that know they are God shall be strong and they shall do exploit. The laying on of hands and anointing is not a replacement for your fellowship with God. No. You can have what you might not be able to sustain without fellowship. It's very, very possible. Uh, Mary and Martha. I think it's Luke 10. Jesus is coming to visit. And Jesus is not a small visitor to have. And then Martha. In church, when we started having second service, I told them, I said, guys, we'll be doing what we call sit one, serve one. We must rotate how you serve in church. If in the first service you are an usher, in the second service you will be ushered. Let another person serve. Because if you are not hearing this thing we are saying, that's how people are lost in the middle of revival. Things will be happening. And there's no replacement for the word. You have to sit down and hear it. You have to sit down and hear it. And Martha was just running and cooking and Matthew, Jesus doesn't come alone. He's coming with at least 72 people. If not 82, 12 of his disciples, the other 70 who follow, whose names are not written. So if that kind of man visits you, you have a convention. And it's, you know, she's, at, she's walking, she's walking. And Mary just sitting there and listening to tape. <laughs> listening to, to messages. Attending Jesus, won't you, won't you tell my sister to, to help me? It's you I'm cooking for. The question is, how do you cook for a man who created the food? When you don't know who Jesus is, you will reduce your relationship with him. Are you getting me? To someone you can use. Oh, Kenneth Copeland said, do not replace your time of fellowship with hard work. And Jesus said, look, Martha, Martha, you are what? You are combat about many matter. One thing is what? Needful. He didn't say two things. One thing. He said, Mary has chosen the best part and I will not take this part away from her. See, you serve better when you hear him better. Your service must flow out of your relationship with God. There are pastors who preach, 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 preach till they don't even have time to read the Bible. I'm telling you. When they wake up on Sunday morning, they say, Kai, mm, okay. Oh, my data is almost finished. Let me buy data and watch. Just, I'm telling you, they will copy message. I told someone, I said, you can copy a message, but you can't copy the grace on it. You know, you can't copy anointing. 
Should I come and talk like the person is talking? <laughs> one time we came for camp meeting. So I asked one of our brothers to preach. Pastor, my, life, my time is off. I'm being honest. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, man. I've changed. Now, <laughs> so when he preached, we came back. <laughs> so after camp meeting, we came back. Yeah. That camp meeting, I think that he was at Agora. So when we came back, I was just asking guys, how was church? The guy said, Kai, Pastor, I for just follow Nagoda Abuja. I said, why? He said, who be down our way preach last Sunday? I said, ah, what do you mean? He said, the guy no get utterance. <laughs> Say, him be the talk boy, you know, get utterance. He's a quiet boy, sorry. No, you know, quiet boy, they say, May the Lord give you utterance. So he didn't know what he wanted to say, but he knew, he knew, he didn't know how to give it the right expression, but he knew what was missing. As the guy was talking, but no, see, there's no utterance. Because that one, you cannot copy it. That's why up to today, there are some things technology cannot make available to you. The perfume you are wearing cannot pass through YouTube. Are you with me? There are some things that can never be a replacement. Technology cannot be a replacement for certain. You need to be there. You can't record a message and pray it and play it. Are you getting me? Yeah, lying down. You know, some people, if they have their way, they can pray, record the message during the night. Say, Lord, what I was saying earlier on, <laughs> follow up. <laughs> no, no, no. It is a glorious thing to search out hidden matters. And it's not for lazy people. See, the mindset of kings, are you getting me? Is wisdom. Not president. You know, a king is not a president. That's why I have a problem when something is not going well. You complain. They say, how do you talk to the father of the nation like that? I say, nobody's my father. Are you getting me? He's, not, he's, not, he's the president. We voted him to do a job. If you're not ready for it, he should not come. Why are, you, why are you putting it in my face? My father, my father. Is that how you talk to your father? It's my father, the president. Are you getting me? And I'm trying to say, that's how we think in Africa. The father of the nation. He's a servant. Hey, come on. Kai, God help us. Amen. And you, you know, you know the, the truth is, the average Nigerian is stupid. Yeah. And I, I, I keep telling people, we are very peace-loving people. They just don't know. We don't complain, no. We don't complain. If you like, gather, see, go outside now and chant. We don't want, we don't want. By the time you are getting to that gate, they say, what is it that we don't even want? Sir? They will leave you to go alone. They say you are complaining that there is no water. The guy said, but I dug my own borehole last week. Are you with me? There is no, we don't want, we don't want, we don't have light. Somebody say, eh, okay, but me, I bought genuine. Are you getting me? We, we don't complain too much. That's why what is boiling? <laughs> the day poor. Alright, that's not the message. But a king, hmm? what gives kings an edge over other kings is the wisdom that they walk in. 
kings operate by wisdom. When Solomon was doing amazing things in Israel, who were the people that came? Did paupers come? No. Kings were the ones that came. Because it's kings. They know that what gives you the edge is what? Wisdom. It's wisdom. Kings always set their hearts to search for what paupers ignore. Thank you, Lord. Don't worry, I'm almost rounding up. <laughs> Pharaoh had a dream. Fat cows, lean cows by the Nile. They were eating. The, the lean cows came out of the Nile, came and swallowed the big one. Do you know how a papa would treat it? A papa. <laughs> you say, ah. <laughs> Mama Ben, come here, dream what I get yesterday. That's how I stand by a river. Link out, just come on, come swallow big one. I say, which one become this one? What they see today? <laughs> May the Lord help us. He has forgotten him. He doesn't know the value of light. That's why he will remain there. You know what a king will do? A king will go to any length to find out what does this thing mean. Because this information will determine whether I'm relevant or not. We are kings. If we must live out royalty, are you getting me? We must set our heart to search out things. We will not sweep things under the rug. We want to know I was driving with some people the other time we were traveling. You can ask them. I told them, I said, look, when I got around, when God gave me access to Reverend, they are here. I said, the greatest thing I wanted to know, I wanted to see what he was seeing. That's why access is a privilege. And listen to me, if you can't manage it, stay away. If you can't manage it for your own good, move away so that you can see better. Because some things, the closer you are, if God doesn't help you, you will not see it. If you need to move, move for your own good so that you can see what you need to see. Because not every person can manage what? Access. Go and ask Jesus' relatives. And those of you who are his relatives, are you getting me? <laughs> Let me start with you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. It's Reverend, huh? are you getting me? Ah, when you lay hands on everybody for the watch camp meeting when we are entering that Thursday, Friday. Now that time, I, you know everything. You've attended many committees, so you know when. You're even the one telling the Holy Spirit, ah, won't you move by? Today is Thursday. Are you not moving? Are you getting me? You usually switch gears from Thursday, Friday. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Access. Many people were around Jesus. A woman came in the press behind. Light. 
She heard. She received light. She came in the press behind and touched. Listen, it's not that they were not doing the same thing she was doing. It's not activity. Many people were touching Jesus. So it's not activity. It is light that makes activity work. Held. And Jesus said, who touched me? Didn't you see the professional answer that the disciples gave? You know how professionals talk? Sir, you see many educated people. You see many people thronging you and um, you are you're asking who touched you, sir. I know you're not delusional, but uh, I just you know people are, people are touching you. They want to touch you. You know, you, are, you should understand what it's like. That's what comes with the life. They, they were telling Jesus all these things. You know this Bartholomew, you know this one, you don't even hear anything about them. Apart from the fact that they were listed in that list. Apart from that listing, they never did anything. They are the ones that write commentaries behind. Are you getting me? They are the ones who say things like, that's the life. <laughs> when Jesus is a big boy. Listen. And somebody was sick. The person pressed through protocol and received something. And the protocol was there, broke. It is all over scripture. A prophet, somebody was in Bible school, kept taking loans. You need light, or if you are around the anointed and you are broke, you need light. He was with the prophet, and he kept taking loans. I think Second Kings four kept taking loans. The last loan he took, he used his son as collateral. His two sons, two able-bodied boys, he said, ah. Any money I take, these boys can work for it. Then the Bible says after he took that loan, he died. What a wicked man. And the wife ran to the prophet. Oh, man of God, you know that my husband fears God. And now my creditors have come to take his sons as what? as bondmen. She was not in school, but she knew she had light of what was taught in school. Wisdom. Wisdom is not knowledge. It's insight. She had stayed around the prophet and seen things. Is that not what Jesus' disciples were saying? I think it's in James chapter 5 or so, where his disciples came. I think it was James, one of his brothers. That came and said, ah, that great day of the feast. He said, Jesus, come. There are many people here. Come and do wonders. Come and do show. I think you, come and trend. It's after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that James saw that, ah, this is my brother, true, true. He's the son of God. When he was writing his epistle, he called himself a servant of Christ. That means he was working with him for three and a half years. He saw himself as the big brother, as the younger brother of the shining star. I'm sure if you ask him which parable, he will tell you which parable. He said, Jesus, no, 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 he didn't tell this one. Olivet, the one about this one, is, this is where he told this. This other parable is here, he told it. This other one, don't fill your life with activities. Yeah. 
Shem, Japheth, and Ham. I'm showing you several examples. Shem, Japheth, and Ham. What did Ham do? He came and saw his father naked. What did he do? Went on Twitter. Went on Instagram. Ah, he said, Japheth, uh, Shem, guys, come. I think I've been telling you that this pops is drinking. He's getting out of her. I've been telling you, you know, you know they hear something. See, the kind of public embarrassment in a noble family like us. We just came out of the ark. <laughs> See what he's doing. But the Bible said they too will not look. They took a cloak, came from the back, and did what? And covered the father. He slept peacefully, had his hangover, and woke up in the morning. Took his phone. Saw a picture of himself. <laughs> Men are come. Who posted this thing? Okay. Shabby, you posted. You now have 4 million views. Hmm? YouTube is paying you number. Idiot. You will serve your brothers. From that hangover. From that hangover. You know the problem? He could not manage what? Access. It is the glory of kings to search out matters. Search out. I told them. I said, that, that's how I am following reverend. Are you getting me? Watching. What is this man seeing? How does it, you know, there was a time I asked Pastor, I said, I wonder how his brain works. But it's not about the brain, no. This thing goes beyond brain. It goes beyond brain. There's a spirit. It's a spirit of faith. Some of you desiring to fly the way you fly. You fly like you'll be sick at the end of the... You'll be sick after one quarter. You think you're just flying? There are things that come with flying. You think... You will be, you will be sick... Someone say, ah, no, I know who I am. Now you go village, come back, you do like this. Now you know, you know who you are. You need understanding. So God hides it so that you can't do it without him. He hides it so that he's important. That hiding is from the world. It's not for everybody. There are precious truths that will lift you up. There are precious secrets. Are you getting me? That will distinguish you in your class. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. Got the people, the magicians, the Chaldeans. The Bible says he put all of them together and said, Tell me. That is a king talking. Tell me my dream and the interpretation of the dream. I'm not Pharaoh. You know what the people told him? They say it is not possible for any human being to know your dream and interpret it for you. Ah, oh, sir. Because what we call professors today, they called magicians in those days. Hope you know. The people we call learned fellows today. So Pharaoh, was, uh, Nebuchadnezzar was paying a lot of money for them to go to school and learn magic. Learn astrology. It is even said that it is the desertion of because Daniel was in that school 
it was that place that Daniel wrote the thesis that was saying that one day, thousands of years, are you getting me? A Messiah is going to be born, a king is going to be born. So people have been studying his research in that school. The wise men from the east came as products of Daniel's research. So when they went through the books, they said, ah, the time has they began to follow the star till they came. So Daniel was not just a lodo. When you say polish your vessel, I say it's true. Polish your vessel though. Because the anointing will, oil will always take the shape of the container. Oil does not discriminate. It's the container you put it inside. It's the shape it takes. When in 2 Timothy 2, 2, the Bible says we should stand strong in the grace of God. Didn't you read further down? When he said that we should live in the grace of God, he, he said, he, he tells us to live like a teacher. These things which have passed to you, are you getting me? Commit to what? Faithful men who are able. That means not everybody that is able. So you must be able for things to be committed to you to be able to pass to others. Then he talks to live life like a soldier. Endure what? Hardship. You know, some people, if anything is hard, they'll say it's not the will of God. It's not everything that is soft that is the will of God. There are some things that are the will of God, my brother, you will go through it. It's not every promise that God said will lift you out. Some of the promises, he said, when you go through the fire, you will not be born. He knows you are going through the fire, but he said, pass. It will not burn you. That's faith. I told some of my young men recently, they are doing a particular program. They say it is hard. I say it's just your mind. Hardness is in the mind. Do you know punishment and exercise is perspective? It's perspective. A lazy man will say he wants to work out and develop muscles. When you can't tell him to lift weight, you think you are punishing him. Jog. You think everything is it's perspective. It's the same activity. It's perspective. And then Nebuchadnezzar, true to his word, began to kill the people. He killed them. Fiat. Fiat. You know, this is not king. I say kings are not president. It's a president that you say you go to Senate. You can't protest though. Then the Ariok came to who? Daniel. And said, Daniel. Daniel. Daniel said, what is happening now? Say, king, they vex. From the memo I got, I'm visiting you. I'm coming to your quarters next week. So, if you know, get answer. Sorry, this friendship. I know if it disobey, you are gone. You know what Daniel said? He said, may I see the king? Oh, king, give us some time. Let us search out these things. Then he called his friends. Hananiah. You must have a praying company. You must have people that you pray. Some of you, you must have, you need church. You need, a, you need people that you can lock faith together. Am I, am I talking to somebody? Two broke people cannot live themselves out of poverty. You need to be in a circle. Are you getting me? You need to be in, you need to find your company. You need to locate your relationship. Get there. They sat down. 
<laughs> and they began to pray. And I love what they said. They said, Lord, you are the God of mercy. This is not our work, so. This one is not training. We have gone to school. But this school uh -uh, is grace. is mercy. Then the Bible says in the night, the Lord revealed it to him in a dream. And guess what? The moment God revealed it to him, he thanked God. He said, it is you who has shown me this wisdom. What is wisdom? It is your ability by reason of your privilege as a child and covenant person to look into the realm of the spirit, get solutions, and bring them to people. Did you hear me? Wisdom is not knowledge. It's not, it goes beyond knowledge. It's not even the right application of knowledge. You don't need God to apply some knowledge. But when we are talking about the wisdom of God, is you being able to see in the realm of the spirit what others do not see insight bring it sometimes I even look foolish revelative gifts you see these revelative gifts all the gifts of the spirit they are not basically for church most time when we read about the gifts of the spirit in the old testament they were not gathered they were in the marketplace they were not businessmen who were Christians they were Christians who were businessmen the problem a lot of marketplace will suffer is that church is where they go on Sunday. It is not who they are on Monday. You must be a Christian who is involved in something. Not somebody doing something who is trying to be a Christian. That way you will suffer pepper. For those from Zambia, it's pepper. Are you getting me? You will suffer something. And when he brought it, what happened to him? It was his what? His lifting. We're in the season, right? There are too many problems in this world for a Christian to be broke. Too many problems for you to be complaining. See, this world has too many problems. Let's rise up. Amen. I just used, I just assumed my time was up. Okay, let's stand up. Thank you, man. Can I speak to you? There are things that God have concealed for us. There are things. Spirituality does not make you useless. It makes you relevant. I hear in my heart very soon. They will be fetching some people from dungeons to stand before kings. That's why Isaiah 60 says, kings, kings don't come to the, they come to the brightness of your what? Your rising. Your rising is the light that God gives you. That is what attracts kings. Any field you are in, there are still solutions. Are you getting me? That they've not yet seen. I was listening to a particular man of God. He's a solution provider. A bank called him. A, a very big bank. And said, look, we have a particular problem, a management problem. How do we solve it? He said, they said, can you handle it? He said, yes. He said, when he looked at it, he just didn't understand where the problem was. But he said, no, I can do it. He said, he went back and began to worship God. 
my time is up, but worship is powerful. I taught them in church. I said, learn true worship from your heart. When you worship, creativity flows. The wisdom of God flows. I'm not talking about this pseudo, pseudo, pseudo worship. All this one, maybe your spouse annoy you. You start singing. I am not alone. No, 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 that's not worship. You know, just, mm -mm. I'm talking about forgetting about everything. And then genuinely from your heart. You know, Derek Prince said, worship is the highest form of the human expression to any deity. When a man worships something, don't play with it. Lift your voice. Begin to worship God. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Like we heard, begin to prophesy. You know why when you are in that state, put a pen. It's a mark of faith. Because you are willing to see or hear something. And in that place, anything you are hearing, it can't just be your mind. That it didn't come to you in a spectacular form does not mean it's not supernatural. Are you hearing me? Things will begin to come to you. Document it. Write it down. Are you getting me? Put it down. Act upon it. You'll be amazed. It's as he worshipped, he slept off singing. In the night, God took him through Paul's missionary journey. He says he woke up after looking at Paul's missionary journey. He saw the problem of the company. As he woke up, he documented it. He said he just saw it. If you have not even read Bible before, how can you even know that Paul had a missionary journey? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because every solution is in the Word. See, that's why we can read different scriptures. But as we begin to worship. God will begin to uproot ideas from that same scripture in different ways for us. He said when he brought it to the, to, the, to the management, the day he met with them, they were shocked. He said when he did his presentation, then, this was about 15 years ago, they paid him 30 million naira for it. As he was going out, one of the management staff there called him and said, look, come, you're a very smart fellow. You're a smart man. Wait, how did you come up with this? This is brilliant. Come, let me introduce you. You need to belong to a company of some wise guys. I'll talk about this on Thursday. Wealth is a function of worship. He said, come, I will introduce you to some wise guys. He was trying to introduce him to a cult. He said, because if you come, the way you think, you need to be among us. He said, if you were there and you did not get this solution, then I think I need to invite you somewhere to come and see what I'm showing you. Because Jesus, this Jesus we preach, he is the power of God and he is the wisdom of God to us. Lift your hands and begin to worship. Hallelujah. Worship him this morning. No, give him praise. No, open your mouth. You know, that's what I was saying. Open your mouth and from wherever you are, give him praise. Worship him. Worship him.